outside of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast. This is episode number 449. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. With me as always is my co-host Derek. He is DP3 in our forum, and DP384 on Twitter. Derek, good to be talking with you as always. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, however, before we get into NBA 2K23 updates, revisiting NBA Live 99, and recent retro pickups, uh, we wanted to make a quick statement related to a situation affecting our modding community. Uh, we were made aware of a situation related to modders' work being removed from the NLSC and other media sharing services like Mediafire, Mega, Google Drive, and even YouTube. And we wanted to let you know that we are monitoring the situation closely and that we love our community and will continue to push forward. Uh, you know, as far as content goes, um, the NLSC will continue to produce articles, the top 10, gameplay videos, and, you know, support appropriate modding practices. So I wanted to get that out of the way first, Andrew, to kind of kick off the show. And you're right. We we did want to address that and uh, let it, let everyone know that we're on top of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are, like I stated, monitoring it closely. And um, you know, if there's anybody that wants to reach out to us with with questions or concerns or anything like that, you know, please don't hesitate. Indeed. But as you mentioned, Derek, new patch out for NBA 2K23 this week. All platforms. This is version 2.0. It's actually the first patch we have notes for, so this is the first proper update in a way that's not a, a hot fix. It's a, an update for Season 2 in my team and my career, but obviously a lot of uh, likeness updates as well, including putting Bill Russell's number 6 on the jerseys, on the courts, etc., player likeness updates, but also a lot of other fixes, technical gameplay adjustments, and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I, I played a bit of 2K23 with, uh, with Valor the other night, and... We went to the wreck, so that wasn't... Uh, you're never going to have the best time there. We had a couple of decent games. But it's, it doesn't appear that they have made any damaging changes uh, to the gameplay. It seems that anything has either uh, left it in the, the state it was in or improved it. Uh, you might have some different thoughts on that, Derek. But yeah, we do have the, the patch notes in front of us. So yeah, we thought we'd talk about that this week, being the uh, the big development in 2K23. Yeah, I, I, uh, I played a couple games in my team on domination and my brother and I have played a couple games as well of our, my NBA with legends and whatnot. And, uh, so a few games actually after the patch and we don't notice any difference really with the gameplay steals feel the same for us. Um, so does shot blocking defense in general feels the same. Um, offensively, I'm not noticing really any difference other than the fact that I'm seeing less, as what they call like green releases, less swishes and more, it seems like buries, like, like the ball is either draining or burying in as opposed to, you know, being a straight swish. So I don't know if they slightly modified shooting maybe, um, and allowed for either less greens or more whites to go in because I, you know, the complaint that whites weren't going in enough and whatnot so um yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but the game the gameplay basically feels the same other than that which is good it's not a bad thing no it's we want that consistency for the most part and a lot of us have felt that this is the best game out of the box or i know that's kind of an antiquated way of putting it in the digital age but at launch uh, we felt that the game is uh, the best it's been in a long time as far as having to make slider adjustments or whatnot I'm just going down the gameplay notes here, and they do mention that uh, uh, air balls will no longer occur when shot timing is slightly early, slightly late, or better. So basically, there won't be air balls on shots that should be pretty good attempts, which I think is is the right move. They do say that uh, shot timing will now work correctly for hook shots when playing online games. That was a problem there. Uh, frequency of contact dunks on lower difficulty levels have been increased. And, and to your point, uh, made shots will now have more ballroom physics interaction variation than always swishing. So ah, they, they have so taken So there a, you go. See, and I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I was looking at the notes, I didn't see that. So I did notice that when we were playing, we were actually both commenting on it because it was happening a lot more. So that was needed. I think it was, it felt like it was swish or bust. Yes. Before the patch. 
and here's a good one uh cpu players no longer use layup timing as they were unrealistically proficient with it and i think that's a good move too if you give the cpu input uh they can make that pixel perfect or, or whatever uh input so you've got you've got to be careful with that i think traditionally they've always used uh real field goal percentage on cpu shooting in recent years they've experimented with timing as well but again the cpu can just give itself green after green if it desires so no i, I think that's a good move and uh I haven't really noticed much of a difference there playing against the CPU, but I, I still like the sound of that anyway. I'm sure I'll notice a difference as I go on and the CPU isn't making as many uh, cheesy layups, perhaps. Yeah, I uh, I think the computer is a little bit too easy, to be honest with you, as far as like how often they miss when you can test them. And I don't know if you noticed that, but it feels like any time that you have a hand up, on the, the CPU, it's a miss. Like, you can count on it, even on Hall of Fame. It feels like they just will miss every single contested shot. So if you're good at jumping out at the computer and using the right stick defense properly, you know, not, like, just jumping out at the shooter, but actually, like, putting your hand up to do, like, a contest. Taking away the airspace, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take away the airspace. Um, it's, like, a guaranteed miss by the computer. And I think that's unfortunate because I, I remember back to like NBA 2K16, 2K15 and whatnot that, you know, when you did get out and you contested, um, if you were slightly late, it, you could get burned from that it, depending on it. Like if it was a really good shooter or if you, you know, did a full contest every now and then they could make one, you know, like the real pros do absolutely, and whatnot. So I just think it's a little bit too easy to make the computer miss. Mentions they've fixed uh, favorite plays not showing up in many modes on the on-the-fly coaching. There's also a bug fix, supposedly with the animations being unequipped in my career. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Valor and I, Leo, we were playing the wreck the other night, as I said, and we did notice that our animations still seem to be being unequipped. The, the patch notes did call it a rare bug, uh, and uh, I must say, no, that's not a rare bug. That is a very reliable bug in fact that it will reliably happen each and every time so i, I will double check that again there might have been an update uh, a hotfix come through in one of those in-game updates that has resolved that uh, i will double check but yeah that that was a problem but it's a, it's a pretty comprehensive patch it's the first really big patch which i suppose is why they it actually has notes as opposed to just uh, twitter notes but but i do wish in general derek that they were a bit more open about some of the changes we, we talked about that last year and we, we tended to get a, a fair amount of patch notes at least for a while but the first few patches are here for 2K23, they just uh, either didn't give us any details at all or there were very scant details on Twitter. And I, you just got to be open about this stuff. And even if you say, oh, there's no gameplay fixes, no gameplay changes in the, uh, in the update, still say what it is and not just what it isn't. I just like the fact that, and I agree, transparency is incredibly important. And they've obviously been more transparent in the past it's only been the last few years that it's been like this but i i just like the fact that the gameplay so far they haven't messed with it too much right that you're still getting basically the same out of the box experience on the sticks so you're not like caught by surprise by updates done in the background or with with notes that are unclear and you're like this game just isn't as fun anymore Right. Exactly. Like yeah. we're not at that point. So um, I really hope Mike Wong sticks to what he said, you know, right before the game released that his one of his goals was to patch this game uh, very little and keep the gameplay as close to release as he could. And that's how it should be, ideally. I mean, if, if there are major problems at launch and after the, even after the first patch, certainly try continue to try and resolve them. We've seen what happens when games in the past get a, a patch or two and it leaves them in a worse state. You, you feel like we needed one less patch or one more patch to either not cause those problems or to fix them, as the case may be. But I think they've done a great job this year. It, it's been their goal the last few years, they've mentioned, trying not to adjust the gameplay too much. They came out really strong with 2K23, as we've said on multiple shows now. And yeah, the fact that they haven't changed that too much is, uh, is really good news. And yeah, of course, season two bringing new content, uh, new uh, to my team and to my career. Uh, I'm afraid I didn't get the Pink Diamond Pippin. I, I couldn't quite get on the grind for that much, uh, Derek. I wasn't even close on no, my team either. points. And you know, I played a lot of games on that. It's just, it's I can't do the grind 
necessary in order to get the allotted my team points to get him. I, I understand people that maybe that don't work full-time jobs or they can dedicate a lot more time to the game, um, you know, when they're outside of work or maybe they don't have jobs, etc. Like being able to get that many my team points in order to get Pink Diamond Pippin, but there was no way in hell that I was going to be able to manage to do that. But I've shown you my lineup before. Jerry West, Michael Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Xavier McDaniel, Wilt Chamberlain. I have Shaq in there. I have Damian Lillard on the team. You know, I have D Brown, Dana Barrows, like Regulus. Like I'm happy with my team. I don't need Pink Diamond Pippen to have fun with the game. For sure. Uh, for sure. So that's the good thing about this year. You know, I'm not worried about contracts or anything like that. I can just keep those guys on my team and play the games, etc. So, um, but yeah, that's there's no way, and you couldn't have done it either. That, that grind is ridiculous. Well, certainly not with 2K14 uh, drawing me back in for a couple of games <laughs> there over the past week. But uh, shout out to uh, Andy uh, Corrett. I apologize if I mispronounce your name there. Uh, listened to the NLC podcast, joined up with the forum recently, and has been playing my team. Did get Scottie Pippen, as did Raps in 4. Shout out to you as well. Active in the My Team thread there, as well as the My Player builds. So there are definitely people on the grind. And look, I think that the reward system in both My Team and My Career could be better, uh, could be a bit fairer. Some of the rewards could be more worth grinding for at the lower levels. With that being said, I do enjoy that both modes can be enjoyed if you just if the, if the rewards are just something there in the background. I, I do think there's fair criticisms to be made of them, and they could be better, but if you just want to enjoy the mode, they're not essential. So you can still enjoy it, like you said. You get the, a few players that you want, you play through domination, you play some of the challenges, triple threat, whatever, just stick to what you enjoy, I mean, it, it sounds so simple, but it's easy to forget sometimes because those rewards, they do they are there. They, they're front and center, and you sometimes feel like you want to grind for them. But no, just have fun. Just just enjoy playing the game. And if, if you don't want to go for rewards and, and, get, and grind for it, don't. You can still have fun without it. And, and that's important. I hope they never lose that. I will say this, though. It is frustrating when you know that Season 1 is only going to have certain select players like you're not going to be able to get Clyde Drexler you're not going to get Kobe Bryant right you're not going to get Dirk Nowitzki like none of those guys were available on the auction house or anything during the first month and a half this game has been out and I think that's the only thing that kind of stinks about it because what they're doing is they're basically including certain players as part of like each season and whatnot so you're going to be able to have a different selection of players once season two starts at least that's the way it seems um and then maybe you know drexler will become available right or maybe he will be in the you know in certain pack um events that they do or you know maybe you will get to see him on the auction house if somebody puts him there but you know i really wanted to have dirk during the last month and a half and I was there was a zero percent chance for me to get dark there was no way of me getting dark so that's a little frustrating and, and look not to go all negative about it but but since I have broached the criticism some of the daily agenda items do try and push you towards modes that you may not be interested in like there's a lot of daily goals that will say I'll oh, play a couple of limited games well if you don't want to play limited which is an, an online mode then you can't get the XP for that and I think a great idea moving forward, uh, actually NBA Playgrounds, NBA 2K Playgrounds 2 did this with their challenges, their daily challenges, is that you can swap it out. You can choose to swap one each day. So it would be nice if you could swap an online challenge for an equivalent offline challenge if you're not a big online player. I, I think that'd be a great idea for my team moving forward to be able to substitute, not at your choice, that there'd be an option, do this or this, and it's a kind of an equally challenging uh, agenda item depending on the mode, but not trying to push you towards modes that you don't want to play. I know they're trying to get people into a variety of modes, but if you're just not into a certain mode, then it sucks to have to try and uh, get XP in that mode. Yeah, I agree. I, I also think that if from a virtual currency standpoint, because you know people use obviously virtual currency to buy packs. Exactly, right? yeah. So like, there should be more virtual currency that you are rewarded when you play regular games. I'm sorry, but like if you play a game, if you if you're playing games and play now, 
or you're playing games in my NBA and whatnot, you should have more virtual currency given to you. You're, you know, you're spending time on the game. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's unfortunate that the, uh, the, the payout is so low because my brother and I are in the middle of a, my NBA and we're 30 games into it, 12 minute quarters on hall of fame played every game so far. And the 30 games hasn't produced like any virtual currency for me. Exactly. It's like, I'm spending, I'm spending so much time on this game. And then on my team on domination, uh, I've played, let's see, I think I've played 20 games, um, of the domination. And then I've played a few games from the other challenges. Why was that not enough for me to get pink diamond Pippin? Yes. Yeah. If I've played over 20 games in like a month or a month and a half, on that mode i just don't understand why um the rewards aren't bigger for that um so no i think it could definitely be more fair to the gamer and i think the virtual currency payouts because again that's what people can use to buy packs as well i think that they should be a lot higher oh for sure and and of course you don't get vc in my team games you only get mt so it's even worse trying to grind for vc exactly and exactly. that's a change i can't remember when that changed i feel like there was but it's, it's been that way for at least a few years now that you don't get the VC for the uh, for the for the my team games, but I mean th- this is when we talk about and not to get into the whole microtransactions thing again because we've obviously covered it at length, but th- this is one of the the reasons why it's an issue and it's all connected and it's it's all done very specifically, very uh, intentionally to push people towards those microtransactions and and of course you can do no money spent, but it, it's a problem and, and it is a shame and if if nothing else the MT needs to be higher. And they also need to regulate the uh, MT that's being bought and sold uh, outside the game because you've seen those auction prices, six, seven million MT on the auction house. Nobody's getting that legitimately. No, no, 100%. Like, I agree, yeah. Um, There's some strange things with my team and with the the mechanics of the game in relation to, like, like my team rewards and, um, you know, your XP and... The, like your you know the the way to, you get virtual currency like it's it's just it's frustrating sometimes but at the same time like i said i've already gotten my money's worth with the game my brother and i are having a blast in our my nba i've had some decent fun in my team domination the game has a ton of content and that's good um so yeah i mean i have my fingers crossed that that stuff will get better in the future but i doubt it I mean, the, the microtransactions, it's just not going to change. That, that is, sadly, gaming in 2022. A lot of people try to justify it, which I don't, I don't know why you're starting with corporations over your fellow gamer, but you do you. Um, but no, the, the, the important thing is, as you say, there is fun stuff to be had with no money spent. Uh, it, it's harder in my career, from, grinding up from 60 overall. I had the Jordan edition, so I didn't have to do that, fortunately. I, I can't imagine how frustrating it would be if I did, uh, because I do refuse to pay and, uh, and engage in that and it's not a matter of oh you're broke you can't afford it as some people say it's i i don't want to support those uh, practices frankly but that being said it has been fun so far it should continue to be fun uh, we touched on it last week though we are doing a lot of retro gaming and we're gonna be talking about nba live 99 in a second 2k23 is, is still entertaining we, we said it was feeling a bit stale last week but you know i played it over the past week and it reminded me yes i am enjoying this game and it's going to stay in the rotation yeah, I mean, we're going to keep playing on my NBA and I'm going to continue domination on my team for 2K23. But I do find myself, you know, getting that itch already, you know, to go back and revisit um, older titles. Like, you know, you and I played NBA Live 99 tonight. Um, I really want to connect with somebody again on NBA Live 2003. Uh, I want to spend a little bit more time on NBA Street Volume 3 as well because you know my brother and i beat nba street volume two uh again recently and that's something that i wanted to revisit so um yeah i'm getting that itch already to go back and play some retro titles before we go on a reminder that the nlsc podcast comes out every week on the nlsc mb-live.com as well as our youtube channel we're also on spotify apple podcasts and other podcast apps if you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball, 
and on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. So, Andrew and I, before the show, played a game of NBA Live 99 for the PC, and he hosted, so from Australia, hosting all the way to me, you know, who lives in the state of New Hampshire in the U.S., and um, we were using a 0102 mod for that game, an NLSC 0102 roster, and man, that game is still so fun, and I've said for years that live 2000 gets a lot of credit and live 2000 was excellent and live 2000 brought in legends right and it was you know one of the most popular games in the nba live series but nba live 99 is no slouch when it comes to gameplay when it comes to presentation in fact i can be on the sticks on nba live 99 and have just as much fun as i do with nba live 2000 so i think live 99 is underrated at this point it's nestled between NBA Live 98 and 2000. Obviously, this is how uh, years work. But the point is, 98 was a big step forward. It's the first jump into proper 3D, 3D effects graphics, the whole uh, voodoo revolution with uh, video cards on PC. So it was that first jump to actually having proper face textures and whatnot. Then 2000 just is that landmark release. Legends, as you said, the first iteration of franchise mode. So And some great gameplay, great graphics that still hold up. It's just a, a phenomenal game. So it's between these two landmark releases, 98 and 2000. That's a great step between those two games. It holds up extremely well. Live 99 actually introduced multi-season play, if you remember, on PC. It doesn't have the rookie draft. It doesn't have all of the uh, franchise mode elements. But you can play up to 10 seasons of that multi-season mode. Uh, players do develop over time. Again, it's kind of rough not having those new rookies come in to be <laughs> rookie of the year and, and whatnot up a after that first season but but man there is so much of that of the 99 that was that stepping stone to 2000 yet it is also a great game to play in its own right i agree underrated is a perfect word for it i think what it is is if you like the nba live 2000 gameplay it is impossible for you not to like nba live 99 mm. because of the gameplay yeah because the gameplay is so similar right you know, the takeoff points, you know, when you're going in for a dunk and whatnot, the options for dribbling, you know, dri- you know, your crossovers and your spin moves. It just feels so similar. One thing that I never liked about NBA Live 99 and my brothers and I still talk about it to this day um, is the fact that Antoine Walker was the motion capture for the shooting motions mm. that are in the game. And he does not have a pretty shot. No. And the problem is, is that they tried to turn Antoine Walker's shooting motion into a jump shot. Because if you know this, if you ever watched Antoine Walker play, he never had a jump shot in his entire life. He's like a set shooter. If he ever tried to take anything in the mid range on the move, he got up about as high off the ground as I get right now <laughs> in my age. Like he's not, he's not a jump shooter. They try to turn his shooting form into a jump shot. So the shooting forms are kind of ugly and shooting doesn't feel or look that great with the Antoine Walker shooting motion games in the NBA live series. However, the gameplay overall is really solid. Some of those dunks that you were doing, so we were the wizards. So obviously Jordan and whatnot, Chris Whitney, um, you know, Kwame Brown, Rip Hamilton. It's the old one Oh two wizards. And we played against the Celtics. So we played against Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce, Kenny Anderson, Tony Battee, Eric Williams, those guys and whatnot. And some of the dunks you did on the break with Jordan were unbelievable. Like they looked really good. A couple of them were off crossovers and I thought they looked excellent. You know, we were getting Jordan in the mid range and hitting mid range shots and everything. You know, we were getting the computer up in the air on pump fakes and stepping in and shooting. Um, we had some really fun defensive plays. Defense is fun to play in that game, in my opinion. We had some nice poke steals and whatnot, um, a couple blocks at the rim, etc. Like, the game overall was fun. And, you know, even though you were hosting in Australia, other than some lag spikes, the game worked no worse than, like, 2K servers. And I find that incredibly cool. Like, and I, it, was, it was very good to play it.
Now, I, I had a blast with it as well, and I wish we were mic'd up for that one, because I was getting quite into it in the fourth quarter. Very excited as we were making that run. Uh, the Celtics had come back and uh, and taken the lead from us, and uh, because, as you said, that Wizards team, um, outside of MJ, you've got, uh, you don't have a, a lot of talent. You've got some veterans at the end of their careers who weren't still as good as MJ was, even in his Wizards years. You've got some young players who, uh, some of them didn't really pan out, um, Kwame Brown, for example, although he had a respectably uh, long career, uh, and Rip Hamilton before he was that uh, an all-star player for the Pistons uh, in their uh, Eastern Conference Finals and uh, championship runs. So it was quite difficult when MJ got fatigued and went to the bench, and we, we should have. And you're quite right. We should have turned fatigue off. Uh, yeah, you he didn't just out, get but... fatigued, folks. Folks, Jordan didn't just get fatigued. He lost all of his bars. Yes, like, we're not talking about how like. You know, maybe he went halfway down and he was still usable. We're talking about after like two or three minutes of play, it felt like Jordan's bars would be gone and you couldn't even sprint with him. Yeah, on the floor anymore. He would he would only be able to like walk. So it was a huge disruptor because we were playing five minute quarters, and unfortunately, that's the way stamina works in that game. Like it's I said, pretty, I think pretty harsh. Know, yeah. Yeah, turning fatigue off was probably the way to go. Should have done that, yeah. You you pointed that out when we started playing, and yeah, we, we definitely should have done that. But uh, that being said, it was it was still a, a lot of fun uh, to play. And that's even with the patch, by the way. That 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 is a patched version of, of Live 99, and I'm referring to the official patch here. So that was supposed to fix some of the fatigue issues, and it kind of did compared to the vanilla game. But yes, it's still very, very harsh. And once MJ went out of the game... Uh, yeah, and it's not like we don't know the players, Derek. We know those players very well. It's just they they didn't have the talent to to hang with those Celtics. That, those Celtics are good. Something like it is mind blowing that you know before Jordan's knee injury in the 0102 season, so he got hurt um, right after the All Star break. But at the All Star break, I believe the Wizards were third or fourth in the Eastern Conference. They were, yes, with that team with Chris Whitney and um, you know Jahidi White. And, um, and and Popeye Jones and Tyron Lu and uh, Kwame Brown and all that stuff. Like, they were top four in the East, and Michael Jordan's numbers before he, you know, hurt his knee were at the same level as Tracy McGrady's that year. Yeah. And everybody knows how great Tracy McGrady was with the Orlando Magic in 0102 and 0203. And there were articles written at that time that were talking about MJ being in the MVP race. And I've shared those with you. And you remember them. And you remember the commentary all around it. In fact, Bill Walton, on a recent, uh, you know, I was watching a, um, a broadcast, and it was during, actually, the All-Star game, 2002 All-Star game. And he said that Jordan was his MVP pick at that point of the season. So it just shows, to, it just kind of speaks to the greatness of MJ, who was, you know, turning 39 years old at the time to be able to come back after all of that time off and on a incredibly poor roster and have the wizards playing that well. It just fascinates me. I thought it was, I think it's excellent. And I loved watching wizards, Jordan. I know it was weird for you, Yes, but I love, but that 2002 Celtics team as well, that went back to the Eastern conference finals that year against the nets. If I recall correctly, pretty solid squad too. Yeah. So that was a huge year for us as Celtics fans um, because they had that big comeback in the Eastern conference finals versus the nets. Um, you know, one of the biggest playoff comebacks in NBA history and whatnot. And yeah, I love that Celtics team. Great time to be a Celtics fan. It had Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce, Kenny Anderson, Tony Batiste was one of my great favorite players um, of all time. Eric Williams, Walter McCarty, like they were just suit Vitaly Potapenko. Roddy Rogers. Were just, yeah. Rogers was on that team Tony Delk like super fun team to watch and they're a fun video game team and whatnot so yeah but I you know I thought that game that we played was fun I think live 99 is a game we're going to have to revisit more and I'd love to get some highlights up on the NLSC YouTube and look I I hesitate to to say this because it, it feels like I'm patting myself on the back but that 2002 roster for Live 99, I feel like I did a pretty good job on that one. I, I went back, going back and playing that today. I, I, I was kind of pleased because I, we've played a couple of my, uh, with my couple of my old rosters for other games, and I've noticed 
uh, a few errors here and there that I, oh, you know, we've got to go back and fix those. There's a couple of things in that 2002 roster. Tyron lose dunk package. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, there I, was this play during our game where Tyron Lue just absolutely posterized. I forget who it was on the Celtics, but he posterized a big man yeah. on the fast break. And it's like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. he. Um, that being said, he is an official. He is an original player from the uh, roster update for Live 99, the official rosters. So I, that's me overlooking their problem, not me putting in a problem. Um, that's that's my defense, and I'm sticking to it. But uh, but no, you know, as as egotistical as it may sound, you know, I I haven't played that with that roster for a long time. Uh, you know, I, I used to play with my own rosters back in the day and, and and have a good time, and people would be they were fairly well received. I, I don't think it's too egotistical to say that. But uh, but no. We went back and played that game, and with that roster, uh, because I'm feeling both nostalgia for that era in general and 2002 in particular as well, um, at the moment. So no, I I, th- I think it came out okay. I loved it. Um, I think that obviously there's could art, art some art could be added. Yep. To make it even Definitely. a little bit better. Um, but when you're talking about how the action feels on the floor and how those players feel, and you know when they come into the game, are you thinking that looking at them as like a created player or not? Um, no, you're not. And I, I think that the game feels really good with that roster. I'd love to go back and and see if we can find some art updates because I know there are some in our download section for Live ninety nine and and kind of do a repackage, revamped. Uh, director's cut if you will version of that 2002 roster i think it's also updated as of about march so i could even just go through and make a few more updates to have end of season 2002 rosters and uh, i'd love to put that out there for uh, our fellow retro gamers and have more sessions with it i'd love to use that roster more often again especially having that uh, nostalgia for 2002 as i do at the moment as i've been talking about but yeah what a fun session that was as always as always, yeah, I loved it. Um, one of my favorite things actually was whenever we paused it and went into like the sub screen or anything, you could hear, you know, the top 10 music mm. playing classic. in the back and just super classic. And of course, it made me think about this week's top 10 that we, um, you know, just released for the NLSC and just all the great highlights. And then it's just the fact that, that the, the top 10 has been going on for, you know, 75 weeks straight now and the community is still loving it and super interested in it. There was a play from that game we had that I thought might be top 10 worthy. There was a couple of MJ crossovers and dunks, but also that uh, that big block that got uh, then, then led to a, a long outlet with uh, Rip Hamilton getting a, uh, a poster dunk. I thought, you know, I, I always message you and say top 10. Yeah, that would have been a top 10. I also think the, um, the Chris Whitney four-point play was pretty mm. special. Yeah. In that, um, it was actually the second play of the game. Um, I want to say that you got a steal with MJ. And you kicked it out to me for free, and I shot a three with Chris Whitney, and I got hammered, but it went in. I also, I, I love that play as well. I love that the, the four-point plays are so satisfying in the old lives because you do. You get hammered on shots sometimes, and the ball just goes sailing towards the hoop, and it splashes through the net, and it's a great feeling. No, uh, no James Harden flopping on that. No, no. Chris Whitney got hit, legit. Yeah. Like, legitimately <laughs> got hit. Yeah. So you, you made that four-point play. You, you made that even with my uh, connection being as it is, because this is how great Parsec is, is that you can have these viable uh, gameplay sessions, again, connecting Australia to uh, the US. And you also made a free throw with Rip Hamilton a bit later on that, by all accounts, according to the team meter, probably should have missed, but it rattled in, and that, that was so satisfying and funny. That shouldn't have gone in. I mean, the... <laughs> So obviously you guys know the team meter goes up and down and left and right. Well, the left, right, the, the ball, instead of being put in the middle, it was mostly to the right. I want to say three quarters (laughs) of the way, all the way to the right end of the team meter. And, um, it, the, the ball bounced in and that's some rim physics that I was talking about though. Right. Like on, um, on prior shows, it's like, I don't think that's happened to us once on like NBA 2k 23. Where no. the ball bounced in the way it did on that free throw. So it's wild to go back and play games like NBA Live 99, etc. Games that came out over 20 years ago, and you can still say things like, you know, maybe they, maybe they did that a little bit better back then. Um, and it's wild to think that, but it's true. That long pass I had to, I think, uh, Etan Thomas to just fling it at the end of the, the quarter and it almost bounced in. Oh, that, oh a, I thought yeah. that was going in. Me that too, would have been yeah. top 10 right there. That yeah. was a three-quarter three with Eton Thomas. Eton Thomas is 
a huge video game legend in our house because he broke NBA 2K11. <laughs> so I think I talked about this before. So Eton Thomas went up for a dunk and he dunked it so hard that the game crashed. <laughs> so we were doing like a drafted season and whatnot. The, the game crashed immediately. That's a powerful dunk. That, super powerful dunk, right. But we could never get past the third quarter ever again. The game got ruined. Like you couldn't, like any game you started, it didn't matter if it was a season. It didn't matter if it was in play now or whatever, or exhibition or whatever it was called back then and whatnot. You could not get past the third quarter. So we had to end up getting... Um, another version of NBA 2K11. Like we had to get a new game because Eton Thomas broke it. That's crazy. So Eton Thomas <laughs> is a huge legend in our house. Well, you've always had to remember that it was that collision with Thomas that uh, took out MJ's knee in the 2002 season. Yeah, there you go. See, so he's uh, in he, in video games. He can be destructive, and in real life, he he was also destructive. He just, he just uh, breaks greatness, Eton Thomas. He's he's the exactly. great the breaker of greatness. Uh, there's a hell of a nickname for you. But yeah, definitely a fun session. Uh, that 2002 roster. Again, not to pat myself on the back too much, but feel it came out okay. But, but yeah, I, I kind of want to go back and uh, and do a little bit more work on it, Derek, and see if we can get some faces in there and maybe some jerseys, court updates, if there's some lying around in the in the download section and uh, and play a few more sessions. At least a proper MJ face, because I do know there is one there for, for Live 99, so we can at least get a proper MJ. Yeah, he looked good on the floor, though. Last thing I'll say, too, about that Live 99 session is... I was pretty proud of myself, especially, you know, being the client on that connection with you, with how well I was finding you in the fast breaks. Mm. I was really hitting you in the perfect spots on those fast breaks for you to be able to like right when you got in front of the CPU defender and whatnot. And you just had that free lane in order to throw it down and, and, and whatnot. And I think that's kind of fun, to be honest with you, is kind of trying to overcome any possible connection issues that i have and still play well you know what i mean and still be able to positive be a positive contributor to the team you know when we're playing co-op and whatnot but yeah I, I really liked some of our fast breaks especially in the fourth quarter the fourth quarter was super exciting we had like three or four great fast breaks in a row there was one uh in, in that second half where uh, you had mj going along the sideline and there was a un unfortunate lag spike again very rare that it happens with uh with Parsec, because we, we can't say enough good things about Parsec, right? But there, there was unfortunate lag spike, my connection being the uh, the culprit, and uh, and you stepped out of bounds with MJ. I was streaking it with Kwame, and I was laughing because it was almost like getting the turnover was preferable to passing to Kwame Brown. So Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling you would get a kick out of that, because um, when I finally saw that I stepped out of bounds and everything, I looked and saw the person that was running away. <laughs> It was, it was MJ's favorite teammate of all time, Kwame <laughs> Brown. Yeah, it just that's the better option is just turning it over than uh, letting Kwame shoot. But no, we uh, it was a great session. Live ninety nine holds up so well, and actually got a, another copy of Live ninety nine PC this past week. Uh, I saw it on eBay doing a little bit, few more pickups over this past week, and uh, got some good stuff coming. Uh, shared a couple of those uh, uh, the rivals already on on Twitter, including the Live ninety nine PC. The, uh, the Black Diamond re-release, which came out uh, in 1999, a little bit after that first release, and it was actually packaged with the official patch. So it actually adds, if you install that first official patch and get the rookies and updated 99 season rosters, of course, Live 99 PC came out while the lockout was still in effect, so it couldn't have the new players. It comes with final 1998 season rosters by default, but that re-release, that Black Diamond re-release, has the patch included, and, I th and it was pretty cheap. Uh, I think about... Uh, eight dollars for that one uh, after a uh, after an auction and what a fun pickup for something like that i mean i have live 99 obviously and the official patch is still there in our download section so i didn't need it for that but, but what a cool collectible derek i love the screenshot you shared of it i was actually happier to see that you picked up arch rivals oh for nes uh, yes yes for nes because by the way if it wasn't for the cut scenes on that the ridiculous cutscenes after every single yeah pass. yeah that game would be something i'd love to revisit with you multiple times because i actually really like arch rivals oh like yeah the con i know you're punching people in the face like that's <laughs> it's you your the whole goal is to punch people in the face and score buckets that's basically it your defense punch people and then you score bus buckets like i get it but 
it's still fun. And somebody mentioned arch rivals to me in um, DM. We were talking about classic basketball games and whatnot. And really, arch rivals was kind of like NBA Jam before NBA Jam. Oh yeah. In the in the way uh, that it was two on two full court, and it was arcade action. You're not punching people in jam, but the concept is still similar and whatnot. So I loved seeing that you picked that up because I, I like revisiting Arch Rivals. I think it's a fun game. I've got the arcade version as part of uh, Midway Arcade Treasures, the collection they have with the uh, officially released emulated version of the uh, arcade release. Uh, and that that's the one that I covered when I did it for Wayback Wednesday. But I yeah, the, the NES version is definitely, not surprisingly, a, a weaker version of it. But I was actually thinking of suggesting that we revisit it because I did want to revisit one of the games that I picked up this past week when uh, I reached out to you before we started recording and said, hey, do you want to play? Do you have time to play? And uh, I was originally going to suggest Arch Rivals, but you brought it up. The, the exact point what turned me off it for a fun session before we started recording was the cutscenes. And they're a novelty the first couple of times, but after every single basket, it's a bit much. What were they thinking with that? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's just I don't understand that design decision at all. Um, I also want to point something out. You were talking about how the NES version of Arch Rivals is a little bit inferior to, say, like the arcade version. Right. That seems to be a theme. And I want to bring up a game that I love, like absolutely love one of my favorite games of all time. Contra for NES. Absolutely love Contra. But. My brother and I beat that game, and I posted it on on my YouTube. My brother and I beat that game in 12 minutes without dying. Like, the game overall is pretty easy, in my opinion. Like, I always thought Contra for the NES was easy. It's like a dumbed-down version of the arcade version. And the arcade version is wildly difficult. It is incredibly hard. Um, There's no way you're beating that without dying like multiple times and um there's more bad guys the the and there's there's more complicated enemies etc so like that just seems like the theme and i think one of the reasons is is because when you're talking about like arcade versions of these games they want them to be as hard as they can because people are playing money at the arcades oh right yeah that's the whole point but it, it is unfortunate that you know when you get these games you know converted over to like a home console and whatnot that they lose some of some of the specialness that they had i would say you know from the arcade version and of course the arcade machines were that did have more power than the home consoles the 8-bit and 16-bit consoles at the time you, you exactly. look at you, you look at uh, mortal Kombat in the in the arcade compared to the uh, super nintendo port which of course infamously removed all the blood and some of the uh, fatalities and the uh, the Genesis version was uh, had the blood, but was still uh, inferior to the the arcade. The PC release was pretty arcade accurate. So, and there's there's been more home ports for uh, Xbox Live and for PC on Steam. They've got the the arcade ports that are very faithful. But certainly, yeah, the eight bit and sixty bit eras. If you got an arcade port, it it was definitely inferior. I mean, NBA Jam for Super Nintendo, I think, holds up extremely well. Uh, actually, that's another one I've got on the way, uh, NBA Jam uh, Tournament Edition for uh, a PlayStation 1. I found a, a pretty good copy, a pretty uh, affordable copy of that. And this one I know will excite you, Derek, that's on the way. Um, I was going to keep it a secret, but I, I want to put it out there because I uh, I want to hear your reaction to it. Uh, I got a complete in-box uh, Jordan versus Bird for PC. For PC. For PC. So I've never, so you know how I feel about Jordan versus Bird. Oh, yeah. So much nostalgia for it. Um, second basketball video game i ever played but i never played the pc version in my life well that's what we have to do do that now (laughs) yeah so now we're gonna have to do that and that is super exciting for me i'm like actually pumped about this i want to see what it looks like and how it feels and and whatnot i grew up with the nes version of jordan versus bird and i can hear the music in my head right now and i love it yeah we're gonna have to play that you know what one of my new goals is to get virtua nba like I want to get, I don't know if people know what that is. Virtual NBA is for, I believe it's Sega Naomi is the console. And it's like, you actually have to get like a chip and the console. So like the Virtua NBA chip and the console to be able to play it. 
and whatnot. But the footage I've seen on this game, it looks absolutely unbelievable. So yeah, the, the game is pure like late 90s, say like late 90s, early 2000s awesomeness. And um, it looks like the game was actually released for the console for, for Sega Naomi uh, in January of 2000. So, um, yeah, I want to get my hands on that, and that's the next big thing for my collection. That That is awesome. And, and Sega made you know, many great games. I was a Nintendo fanboy growing up in the, in the 90s, but uh, I have to give it up for, for Sega for the, the games they made, especially the ones that originated in the, in the arcade. Uh, some tremendous uh, titles with the Virtua line there from racing to, to basketball, obviously. Another game that I have on the way, Derek, uh, is one that you have, NBA Starting 5 2005 for PS2. I love that you ordered that. Did you get excited when you saw that I picked it up? I did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just the fact that this game had classic teams. That blows me away. You know, it had like the, it's the 81, 82, 76ers actually, not the 82, 83 that won the title, but it's 81, 82. It has like the 83, 84 Celtics in there. Um, the 86, 87 Lakers. It has the, um, I want to say 66, 67, 76ers, um, you know, with Wilt Chamberlain and whatnot. Like, it is too cool. That game came out in 2004, right? Um, to have classic teams and whatnot and, you know, have the rosters be full and everything. I'm just, it, it's really cool. And the gameplay looks pretty good, too. Like, it's, it's rough on the sticks overall, but the graphics look really good for PS2. I mean, I think it's still fun to to revisit today games like that. But but yeah, certainly they they didn't hold up to the two Ks and the lives of the time. But again, doing something that they didn't do, having those retro teams long before two K was doing it. Yeah, uh, and people forget that. You know, the, people forget that a lot of the things that they're seeing in the now games, um, they've been done before, um, and some things in, that were done before are not even in the new games. For example, All Star Weekend. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we I feel like we were spoiled, to be honest with you, with all the different options we had in the basketball gaming space growing up. And the fact that every year we had something new to look forward to, something innovative that these companies were doing with their games. And it just made every year's release exciting. Absolutely. And as you said, we've talked about that before, uh, wistfully sometimes that we had that, that those choices on the market and, and some great games that uh, that are still fun to revisit today uh, a couple of others that i have on the way uh pc versions of nba jam extreme and nba Hangtime. i do have those on other platforms i still have my original copy of uh, Hangtime for n64 but uh yeah I, I found the pc versions on there for uh, affordable prices and uh yeah they're on the way too arcade fun Arcade fun, Andrew. That's um, right. How much fun did we have um, uh, with the NBA Jam on Fire Edition tournament? I know that you weren't able to play in it and whatnot, but how much fun did the community have in that tournament playing that game um, and competing and whatnot? Uh, arcade basketball games can provide endless fun. You know, NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC, even like NBA Playgrounds. My brother and I had a blast with it. Playgrounds um, and 2K Playgrounds, too. You know, the NBA Hang Time Games, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, NBA Jam on Fire Edition, NBA Street Volume 2. Like, there are so many great arcade and street basketball games that have been made, you know, in the past. It is absolutely wild. And I've said this on so many shows before. It is absolutely wild that we have no games coming out in those spaces today. It is. It, I, I, it's it's so disappointing. It's sad. It feels like people don't want to compete with 2K, but an arcade game, a full-blown arcade game, is not a com- is not competing with 2K. That's an alternative. And, and that, again, that was the strength of Bossable Games back in the days. You had alternatives that did things differently in the sim space or completely the other direction in the arcade uh, in the arcade space that you would have these these options and when you well i've talked about it before playing with my my cousin and you've talked about it before playing with your brothers that when you felt like okay i want a bit of a break from that more realistic sim style let's jump on the sticks with an arcade game and you and i still feel that today playing on parsec yeah i i have had so much fun playing jam on fire edition with you um you know through road trip and my brother and I, like I stated previously, played NBA Street Volume 2 recently. We we beat all 30 teams together. 
And so, yeah, played co-op the whole time. And it was an absolute blast. I still need to get that tournament going on Street Volume 2 because I think the community would love that. And people who, you know, tune into the NLSC YouTube would just love to see that footage and whatnot. But, yeah, arcade basketball gaming is a lost art. And it's too bad. But luckily, you and I have huge collections. And we can revisit these games all the time. And I'm also getting uh, Fox Sports NBA Basketball 2000 for PS1. Of course, I have it on PC. We shared uh, footage of us playing that with uh, Jason Williams throwing down dunks, as he used to do all the time, just like Tyron Lue. Um, and also uh, the PS2 versions of NBA 2K6 through NBA 2K11. I have those on 360 and, uh, and PS3 where uh, applicable. But yeah, I wanted to check out the PS2 generation of those games. Uh, I, I had played a little bit of them back in the day and never really got into them. But of course, now having the collection, saw them for a few bucks on eBay. So just picking up the, that to, uh, to round out the collection. And of course, NBA 2K11, one of the last, one of the last PS2 releases in the series, uh, 2K12 being the, the final one, uh, did manage to squeeze some of that MJ content into the PS2 version. And kind of a forgotten generation of games that, that it was still being released on PS2 as, as our community was either playing the 360 PS3 or mostly in our community PC version. Uh, yeah, but this this forgotten generation of games, it's the same with the early 2000s NBA Lives, Derek. I feel that there's there's some interesting stuff in those games. They kept the three-point shootout in Live 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003 for PS1. So there's things that they kept in those old versions that make them kind of interesting to, to revisit. And they were still trying to give people on those old generations, uh, the, the, the last generation, the uh, something fun to, to have because they didn't have all of the bells and whistles of the uh, what was then the current-gen version. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I'll have to try and see if I can pick up 2K12 as well at some point. Uh, that 2K12 uh, being the last on the PS2 uh, release the last PS2 release for NBA 2K, but yeah, 2K11 still not having the full Jordan challenge, but still having that uh, those retro teams in there. Well, first off, how nutty are we for having the PC and PlayStation versions of Fox Sports Basketball? Yeah, yeah, 2000. I mean, um, you know what? It is kind of fun to put on every from now uh, from time to time, and um, it's a unique gameplay experience if you want to call it that. And the presentation is amazing, like the Fox Sportsnet music, etc. So there are reasons to put that on. Um, and I thought we had a really fun session on it when we were using the Kings and Jason Williams and Chris Weber and and Young Pager and and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, NBA Two K Six for PS Two is very underrated. I own the PS2 version and I own the um, 360 version. And there's a lot of similarities with the gameplay between those two versions. And they really made the presentation almost identical in the PS2 version to the 360 version, like all the menus, the team select screens, all of that stuff. Like you can tell they worked incredibly hard to make those games as close to each other as possible in quality um so i'm interested to hear what you have to say about nba 2k6 ps2 when you revisit it and whatnot because i think it's actually a very strong title yeah 2k6 i think might have actually been the first 2k i played back in the day picking it up and just seeing what it was all about because people were talking about you know this this game is rivaling live and of course i was playing on pc so but i did have the ps2 to check it out and remember being a bit unimpressed but of course again again coming from that live style and and that lifestyle of gameplay and not having the right stick dribbling and things like that through me. But I think I would enjoy 2K6 more today because when I was briefly playing 2K8 after I got it and just to make sure that the copy was working fine and everything, I, I enjoyed it a lot more because I'm used to that 2K style now and, and, and I know that it ha- those those games didn't have the, the right stick dribbling but there's a lot of other uh, familiarity with some of the controls and just that approach to gameplay that 2K has, that that, that 2K style as opposed to the live style. Um, yeah, I, I went, I played that uh, quick game of 2K8 and really enjoyed it. So I think I will enjoy those PS2 games and also the 360 versions as well. I want to spend more time with from 2K from that era. They're games that I overlooked. I'd love to play them just for my own enjoyment, Derek, but also for Wayback Wednesday as well. So I'll, I'll definitely be covering those games moving forward. I love NBA 2K8 for Xbox 360. Absolutely love it. I've shared highlights um, on my YouTube channel, but also on my Twitter at D43G and whatnot of 2K8. And man, sometimes the visuals are flooring. Like they're really, really good from the broadcast camera angle um, and whatnot. And from any of like the zoomed out cameras, like 
the action looks great. Some of the animations look great. The dunks are loud. Um, shooting is exceptionally fun in that game. The presentation is top notch. Like I love NBA 2K8 for the 360, and I'd like to connect that, um, you know, on that with you um, at some point. And in fact, you know, I have it for 360. I have it for PS2, and I have it for PS3. We could connect with the you, me using the PS3 emulator, and it would it should work beautifully for you. I was going to say, which game do we connect on? It was 2K7 with Keon Dueling, the great Keon Dueling. Yeah, yeah. we had a blast. That was a See, fun game. Yeah, Andrew and I played NBA 2K7 for um, the PS3, and we played that over Parsec, and I was using the emulator and whatnot and hosting, and we had an absolute blast on that game. It, Andrew was dominating with Keon Dueling <laughs> um, as Q from the forums, Q, QB1120, would um, – would tell you the legend of Keon dueling. Like he, he predicted Andrew would do that with him. Um, and, you know, I think I lit you up for almost 30 points with TJ Ford mm. in, you know, low minute quarters and whatnot. But yeah, we, we had a blast playing NBA 2K7. So if we had fun playing NBA 2K7, I know that you'll love 2K8. Oh, I'm sure I will just from my short time playing the, uh, the PS2 version the other day. And I also had to put it out there that when you're, when you're not good at a game, if you're used to a style of game like I was with NBA Live, trying to then master 2K right out of the box and not doing a good job because it does have a different feel and a different control scheme at the time, then you're you're not doing the things that are exciting or successful on the court. And I think it really does contribute to the oh, this isn't as good as I as everyone says, or this isn't a this isn't good or whatever. And you kind of dismiss it because you're not winning, you're not beating the game, and you're kind of very biased in that respect. But now, again, now that I'm more used to the 2K style of, of gameplay and uh, have uh, really gotten used to that and know how to how to beat the game in, moving forward, um, it, it doesn't feel as foreign to me now. So, so I can actually have success. And I was making some nice plays in that uh, playtest session, and uh, yeah, that that really really does change your whole uh, perspective of the game. Of course, I mean, what game? If you're constantly losing, are you going to want to pick up that game? Of course, are not. you going to no, want to no. play that game? Are you going to want to show that to a friend? Are you going to say, "Hey, man, let's get together and play this game that I think I suck at"? <laughs> let's get like, together and be frustrated. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's be frustrated together and have a terrible time. Like, yeah, I think it, it obviously changes. <laughs> that it sounds like us playing Live 07 360, actually. You know what's funny though is we actually made that fun. Yeah. Because we both we don't suck at the game. No. Like Live 07 the has game terrible sucks at itself, but still. Yeah, the game sucks itself, but like we don't suck at the game. Like we were pulling off like a lot of like basketball plays. They just look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> because the game's animations are absolutely terrible but you know we were getting in the high post and facing up and making a quick move to the hoop we were backing in and shooting hook shots or trying or spinning to the hoop you know and making moves we were you know kicking it out to an open shooter we like we were making basketball plays and it was fun it what was even more fun was that we were able to laugh about it yeah after about the terrible animations but yeah there's a huge difference between the game just not being a great game and then you just sucking at a game that's actually not that bad. Absolutely. Now I do have to ask, as we as we wrap up here with the tales of uh, of collecting and whatnot, I, I sent you a link, uh, an eBay link for a listing for not just kids sports basketball, but the whole kids sports range for PC, like a compilation. That was about five bucks, I think, or five bucks Australian. Are you tempted at all? Oh, I'll get it. Oh no, I need to add that to the collection. No, I, I'm absolutely going to buy it. And I, I think what people need to understand is is that Andrew and I are, like, we're collectors, but Madly we so. also like putting on the games. <laughs> so we're not just, like, having these games sit on a bookshelf, right? Exactly. So, like, if I – if I uh, or, like, just sitting on the computer not being touched, et cetera, like, if I get a game, you bet I'm putting it on at some point so if i end up ordering kids sports basketball which i will because i need it in my collection i want to have every basketball game ever made um i will put it in and play it and you will see footage of it because that's just the way i am and i think you're the same way like we don't collect just to collect like we want to put the games on and that uh unfortunately the ps2 release was uh 
uh, European only, uh, PAL region only, which you could still get and play on the emulator, of course. But there is that PC version that, uh, I mean, the modding possibilities for Ginger Clay. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you think about it, that can't be that hard to mod. Like, yeah. I, it would be funny. Maybe we could put together, like, Jordan, <laughs> Magic, and Bird and do, like, a Dream Team scenario. Wow. Or something like that. That would be, I know, wow, wow is right. How fun would that, that be? That's, that, that? that's so ridiculous, and somehow we need to find a way to do it. <laughs> exactly hey if you find a way to like edit the art files on kids sports basketball like if you can like and maybe i'll do it maybe if i get the pc version i'll see if i can like figure out how to mod faces because if i could do that and i could just throw jordan's face and magic's face and bird's face on like the game's models that would be good enough and we would have to share that footage because we would have fun with that oh yeah no, no doubt I, I do want to end with a, a cautionary tale though derek from my collecting uh, obviously got some good stuff already there's more stuff on the way as well but i i didn't read one of the listings properly i thought i'd got nba in the zone 2000 for ps1 pal version of course uh at a really good price a fantastic price and then it arrived and it was just the manual and i thought oh have they just sent me the manual am i gonna have to complain about this and, and get them to send it i went back to the listing and yes that listing I had not read it properly. It was just for the instruction manual for NBA in the Zone 2000 for PS1. So I just want to put it out there. Uh, when you are collecting uh, on eBay, you know, rookie mistake from somebody who's not an eBay rookie, read the listing very, very carefully. Because again, I've had a lot of experience buying off eBay, but even I got lazy there and didn't read it properly and just saw uh, NBA in the Zone 2000 PS1 PAL and didn't read the quite clearly in capital letters instruction manual only. So what a blunder on my part, but it might, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Um, <laughs> that's egotistical. But no, again, I, I'm very experienced with eBay, and yet I still made that mistake. So another learning experience for me after all this time. If you are collecting, be very careful about those listings. Make sure it is the right version for the, the console that you own when there's a, a regional, uh, regional lock on the console, when there's region codes and whatnot. Uh, and of course, anything like that as far <laughs> as being a... Uh, uh, just the just the box or just the manual or, or whatever uh, always read the listing Derek and uh, yeah so that, that was certainly a wake-up call for me to uh, to not be so uh, cavalier about that and remind me that no I, I do make mistakes clearly that's all right the first time that I ordered NBA Inside Drive 2002 for Xbox um, it was listed as excellent condition uh, and I was excited because it was at a good price and I, I ended up getting the getting it in the mail super excited to open it like a kid on christmas day and i opened it up and there was no disc in it and i looked back i'm like did i just order the box in the manual only and no no they just didn't include the disc Oof. Yeah. and so i ended up having to get inside drive 2002 again so i had to order it again and um it was a little bit more expensive the second time around um but i got it in good condition and the disc was in there but yeah you hate to have stuff like that happen you know i've ordered off of ebay and amazon i've ordered so many different games and 99.9 percent .9 of the time you know they were honest right it was in good condition if they said it was in good condition it was in excellent condition if they said it was in excellent condition and um you know the game came with it the game works all of that stuff but every now and then you'll have that one misstep but uh yes that's my cautionary tale for the week uh if you are a collector be savvy be very observant be more observant than i was in that particular instance everything else is fine but uh yes i uh I thought oh, i thought i spied a good deal and it is if you just want the manual to complete a complete inbox uh uh, copy of the game but if you actually want that game i do have it for n64 but i wanted the ps1 version as well uh yeah i'll need to uh, keep looking though for that one you better have read that manual andrew if you if you literally spent money to just have the manual of nba in the zone 2000 sent to you you better have read that front to back <laughs> or framed it or something like that's you you might you got to get some use out of that. Well, it's in really good condition. Worst case scenario, I might just put it back up on eBay and see if I can sell it too. <laughs> but, uh, nevertheless, but uh, yeah, looking forward to getting those in the post and uh, and playing them and uh, writing about them for Wayback Wednesday. Uh, probably doing some video features on at least some of them. I'd like to do some more video content uh, as as you spearheading the uh, the our YouTube content these days. But uh, yeah, and of course connecting with you on Parsec to to play them. Yeah. 
more sessions on Parsec are definitely needed. Um, Ken and I, still the 33, are actually going to play the next game on our NBA 2K19 season tomorrow um, at noon Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time. Why do you need to know the time? I don't know, but it made it sound more legit and exciting for me to put that on there, um, to say that, excuse me. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm still playing that season with him. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to connect with more people, uh, you know, from the NLSC Discord and, you know, more people from the NLSC community. So, um, yeah, Parsec is still amazing, and we're still using it. With that being said, that has brought us to the end of this week's show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week, either on the NLSC, mbslive.com, of course, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media, that's where you can get in touch with us and also stay up to date with all of our content. To that end, Derek, what are your socials? You can find me on Twitter where I'm the most active at D43G and at D4384. Um, I'm on YouTube, D4 Three on the NLSC as a team member, D4 Three, And um, I'm on TikTok, thanks to Nate and Roger telling me it was a great idea. Um, and my handle over there is D4 Three. I am Andrew in our forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC's on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. Our aforementioned YouTube channel is youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in. And until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>